Creating Wealth and Wellness with Tara Misseldine and Amanda Kingsley. <laughs> Welcome back, all of our awesome friends. We have another episode that we are going to be talking with you about today. Um, before we do that, I'm, uh, I see whenever I'm like clicking all of the things that I need to do to get this show started, I always forget that I have to go back to iTunes and get, <laughs> get a review. I have a good one in front of me. Oh, do it, please. Yeah. And maybe you know who this is, T Lime. I had a thought, and she said it wasn't her, so I don't know who it is. Mm, it's a mystery listener. Mm-hmm. This is Amanda and Tara. Thank you for coming together to help us reach deeper into what we want for ourselves. So inspiring. Mm. Oh, whoever you Thank are, you I want to so know who you are. Uh, announce uh, yourself. If that's you just a it. beautiful beautiful string of words right there reach deeper into what we want for ourselves <laughs> them is some well-strung words <laughs> yes, key lime you are our hero of the day our heroine and if if you dear listener would like to be our future hero or heroine of the day please do go into <laughs> itunes and leave us a podcast rating and review it helps us so much more than you know unless you also do a podcast um, and if you do, tell us what you do so that we can come check it out and return the favor. Um, okay, so how are we going to open this show with our gratitudes? Gratitude. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the foundational groundwork and and give some gratitude for my husband who is so mm-hmm. supportive. <laughs> um, I think a lot of partners out there. Um, there's so many ways to support your partner. Uh, one thing I love about my husband is that he has, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh at this. And you're going to be like, you're thanking him for this. <laughs> I literally, I've been blogging for years. I, he, I have had built three websites at this point. I don't think he's ever opened a website, read a blog post or listened to a podcast of anything I've done. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that because he is so supportive. Like there's just this like, solid rock belief that I really appreciate. And it's Mm. not like giving me feedback or ideas or problem solving or planning. It's just love, unconditional love and support. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Mine is a, a gratitude for the excitement that I have for something that's coming up for me. And that is a super fancy schnazzy special haircut. Um, I have not had my hair actually cut by a professional since before Aria was born. So we're going on like four years. She's almost four. (laughs) (laughs) She's almost four. And I have like really kind of wild curly hair. And I always just cut it myself. If I see it getting too crazy, I'll just like chop the end of a curl off. Um, So I my sister-in-law gifted me a gift certificate to this salon who is like specializes in this fancy haircut specifically for curly hair. And I cannot wait. It it's like it, I'm so excited and it has been such a journey trying to get the stinking appointment (laughs) because I've been blizzarded out twice. They were completely closed for like the week after my birthday, all the way past new year's. It was like, I have been waiting so long and now I'm in like the less than a week home stretch. Um, so I'm, it's like this huge light at the end of the tunnel and I'm so super excited and grateful. That must be why you pulled out your sexy voice at the beginning of this. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe wait till you see how sexy this voice gets after I have this new haircut. Um, So super excited. And today, Amanda, what are we talking about? 
we are talking about um, parenting today. We're talking about uh, which I guess, you know, it's just all interaction with human beings. But in the, <laughs> in the essence of parenting, we're talking about empowering our children versus protecting them. Maybe versus is not the right word, but where do those lines come into play? Where we're really empowering them to make independent, um, resourceful choices for their own lives versus protecting them? Um, and where, where and when and how do we choose <laughs> what to do? Because it's a wild territory out here in the parenting world. Um, I think Tara and I both really strive to empower our kids in, and create independent human beings in the world. Um, and protection's a tricky, tricky place to navigate. Yeah, definitely. I know that um, this topic had been on my mind a lot when we were brainstorming toward the tail end of 2017, thinking about topics that we wanted to share and talk about uh, this coming year. And I spent a, a fair amount of time kind of obsessed with this premise last yeah. year. Um, at the time, I had also been really excited about launching kind of a, a parenting mothering new podcast which I decided to table for a while but because of that I was like really in this zone um, and through many conversations particularly with my husband and his family they they grew up in a very very different environment than I did um, I was a kid in the 80s in San Francisco so both of my parents that's awesome I've never heard that really both of my parents oh. were extremely um, sort of liberal and vibrant and um wild they were kind of kind of party people and like i don't know there's got to be listeners out there that know what the Folsom street fair is in san francisco um it's a pretty wild parade that involves assless chaps just as, a, as a and i we as a family attended that parade <laughs> like four years old and I have like these vivid memories of all of this crazy glitter and floats and people wearing completely wild avant-garde clothing and um and also you know and I'm I don't mind going into like a little bit of very personal history stuff because I think it's important um because it impacts how I choose to raise my daughter now and and the, the difference in the way that my husband's family grew up was the most shocking. And it's what got me on this idea of empowering her versus protecting her. And obviously, protecting my daughter from dangers, especially at this age, is totally critical. I'm not saying that I favor empowering her and allow her to face things that are dangerous to her, not by any stretch. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up in San Francisco and sexuality in general was a very open discussion. And thank God, because I was in a situation where I was absolutely at risk of sexual assault. I was four years old and at a daycare, a home daycare. Um, and this woman had a contractor that was working on remodeling her bathroom and he took me into the back room and asked me if I wanted to see something funny and undressed and then asked me to do things. And, and we had already had this conversation with me at the age between four and five, where my mother had been comfortable enough 
being here's the power you have over your own body here are the power here's you know like here she empowered me to be able to say to this grown man at the age of four that's not funny and run out of the room tell the woman who had the daycare and protect my little sister so i will forever be grateful that my mother wasn't uncomfortable about that conversation of sexuality with a four-year-old. I don't know what decision I would have made had I not had these conversations with my mom. So it, it feels... My whole body has children. Yeah, if, I do too. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm so beyond grateful that I had the childhood that I had of one that was empowering, especially in, you know, we always were raised that we had power and say over our body. And even though we had those messages from our, par our parents, um, the rest of the messages from the world sometimes clouded that out. And that is very, um, that feels extremely important for me to be aware of now as a mother, like what my role is in sometimes counteracting the rest of the messages in the world to my child. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to share that. It's not like a super easy thing for me to talk about, but I feel like it's critically important to the choices that I make right now as a mother to my daughter, um, that it is never, in my mind, it's never too early to begin yes. empowering our children to know that they are responsible to shape so much of their lives. Mm. Yeah, that nothing should be beyond their choice when it comes to their own bodies or the way that they live their life at any age. And how do we have those conversations? And when? Imagine being your mother, like, oh, and to know that that she had created that environment in which you could stand up for she, her daughter could stand up for herself. Yeah. Wowza. Yeah, totally. Wow. And I in four. I mean, that's early. I think a lot of listeners are probably thinking, well, I would never talk to my kids about sexuality when they're three or mm -hmm. two or four. Um, and what a perfect example about how we can open those doors when they're that small, when they're mm -hmm. that little. And yeah, that I, I mean, I have healthy way. I have already had these conversations. I mean, I started having these conversations with Aria as soon as she became aware of like her private body. So, and, the, and in my mind, there's always, I let her determine for me what stage she's ready for. I mean, like, we definitely have not had, like, the sex talk at age almost four, but we have absolutely been having the talk for a long time about what part of your body do you get to, like, make the final choice about? Like, here are the people that mommy thinks can have permission to see your private body. Here are the contexts in which those loved ones can touch your private body. You know, mm. like, and that nobody gets to tell you that they have permission to touch your private body, even me. So, like, we have practiced a measure of consent since the day that she was born. And I have a very vivid memory of, like, her first blood test and having it be kind of, like, <laughs> crazy because I wouldn't, I would not, I would not consent on behalf of my daughter to manually restrain her when she was freaking out and terrified and telling, you know, she was not even two and she was finding the words to say to this nurse, like, no, don't touch me. You can't hurt me. Don't like, you can't touch me. And I told them like, no, I'm not going to just hold her down 
so that you can stick something into her body. Like that's right. not the message I want her learning at 18 months old. You know? um, and so like those conversations of consent have been super important to me. And like they will lead to consent around sexuality. But right now it's just consent around her own body. Yeah. You know, like, no, I don't even, like, I don't wash her private body without permission. It's always like, may I? Yeah. You know, can I wash your bum? Can I, you know, whatever. But I think like there's always, there's always the stage at which you can empower them and they can determine for you when they are ready to like progress through those stages. Um, and of course, I, it is a fine line because I don't want to, I don't want to use the veil of empowerment to, to put something on her that she's not development, developmentally ready to process yet. You know, I don't, I don't want to talk to her about child abuse or, you know, like sexuality when she's not capable of processing that. But absolutely, she can know that she has power over parts of her body, even with her mom and dad. You know, can that- you just keep talking? Because I'm just absorbing and thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking as a mother of a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, I consider myself pretty open. I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff, but I feel like you have such a leg up on this, like in probably because of your experience and you can thank your mother giving you the power. I have make the decision. You can also like that situation proved the lessons your mother taught you. So you were able to pass them on to your daughter and I guess like not having it, having had that experience and it been so vital to me in my life, it wasn't, I didn't have a lot of these conversations with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, At least not to the extent that it sounds like you are. Um, And I just want to, I just want to be the listener. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well then there, there is one other kind of slight topic that I'd, I'd love to mention that is important for me as a mother. And that is, um, respecting when she does have a curiosity that even makes me uncomfortable. Um, So like, can, can I mother her for her wellness and power getting past my own barriers and my own issues? Um, You know, so like, for instance, when, when she asks me a question that I would have thought she was too young to ask, not dismissing it, and giving her sort of whatever answer assuages or ans- or like satisfies her curiosity for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and not saying like, oh, you're too young. We'll talk about that later. Like, no, if she's old enough to ask about it, right. she exactly. needs to know about it. I don't want something else answering this question for her. Like, it's, I, I love that responsibility. I'm totally intimidated by it a lot. Yeah, the person that is responsible to answer these questions for her. Um, but also, like, I, I cherish that responsibility. And I will never dismiss a question, no matter how uncomfortable it is for me. And we've had the conversation about having a, you know, a, a measure of transparency with our children about our own experience of life. And there have been times where she's asked me questions and I'm like, so mommy, you know, I don't actually know. I need a minute to think about how to answer you um, or, you know, like, or clarifying the question before I just launch into some kind of answer, right. but never, ever dismissing 
a, a curiosity that she has even about uncomfortable topics, whether oh, it be you know, like death or, um, cause it's not, it's obviously not, we're not just talking about empowering our daughters around sexuality. You know, it's, it's all of these topics that shape our children yeah. um, and the way that we respond to them shapes them. Like, I don't ever want, I don't ever want my child to hesitate to ask me something because she doesn't think that I can handle being asked. You know, we came up with a situation with my four-year-old recently and he was making up a story, right? It was just, it was just a pretend story. And I remember consciously thinking like, wow, I'm glad I have the words to walk through this with him because mm. it would be really hard if I didn't. But it was just about like when it's appropriate to make up stories and when it's appropriate to tell the truth and, mm -hmm. um, and where and how important it is to have that creative imagination. But when you draw the, not draw the line, but when it's also important to not tell stories. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it isn't always about sexuality, but it comes back to the same, all the threads just um, weave into each other. Um, when you, when you have those conversations around all different things like death, like sexuality, like truth telling, like uh, self care, all those things, um, they feed off of each other and into each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So there, there's a whole other piece of this topic that we haven't even touched on pretty much, which is the protection piece. Um, and the, the, the differentiation between these two. Like I, I'm not saying that I want to empower Aria so thoroughly that I never have to protect her. That's unrealistic. And it's also my gift to be able to do that for her. You right. know, to to say actually I know that you want to climb that tree, but that's too high. Or at least I will redirect myself and try to get you. <laughs> and we do that with each other as adults, not just with kids, not just parents. Yeah. There's a definitely a place of protection that's valuable. Yeah. And and the empowerment for me is like the piece that that's what I can do to prepare her for when I can't be there to protect her or when I shouldn't be or when life needs to teach her something I want her to survive and thrive on the other side of whatever life offers her. And you can't do that exclusively from protecting her. You know? I think the tree conversation is actually a great one to dig a little deeper into because it's so mundane. It's like just yeah. so basic. Right, exactly. <laughs> a really good example of protecting and empowering in that situation is you did say, um, I know that you want to. And then the empowerment comes into play when you're like, here's – here's the ways, here's the time when you'll be able to, right? Mm -hmm. So here are some of the things you'll, we will need to do to get you ready to climb that tree. Right. Part of it is that you need to grow a little bigger and a little stronger and understand balance and understand. And so you use the opportunity to teach instead of to like cage. Right. Right. Um, and, it, and, that, and it's sort of like setting those boundaries, which I know is a, a very soon topic that we're going to talk about. And I know it relates very heavily to parenting. Uh, maybe we can do that one next so that people can just kind of continue this conversation. Um, but being able to say to her, like, I know that you want to do that. And mommy thinks that right now you could climb up to here and you don't actually climb the tree without somebody here to make sure that you can help get yourself down and like kind of creating the way of making 
it safe for her, but also not telling her like, you're not ready for that. Or like, I know you want that, but you can't have it right now for yourself. Um, And of course there's obviously times and places where we need to set more firm boundaries in protection of our children. But um, I, I almost always will choose to try to empower at the same time. You know, I I want her to be safe and comfortable to push the limits in her own life and know that she will be okay on the other side. Yeah. Because that's what I am most grateful for in my own life is that I will experience fear and also know that I will be okay. Yeah. That I can do this. Beautiful. Love it. Well, I feel like I just listened to all your wisdom for that podcast episode. So thank you. Well, I'm really sorry. <laughs> if there's anything you no, can was, do, we can totally do I just, You caught me off guard with that story. It was so powerful. And I immediately thought back to 10 years ago when my 13-year-old was three. And I was trying to remember, like, did I have those conversations with her in in whatever way? And which I think I did to some degree, then also like, did I just get lucky or did she stand up for herself? And, and there's pieces of that that I'll never know. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely caught me off guard and I appreciate that. So thank you. Well, thanks for listening and thank you everybody for listening and being here. Cause this getting to have these conversations is actually, I will, um, Getting to have these conversations is such a huge blessing in my life right now. And I appreciate everybody that's here to share them with us. So, okay. What is our ask to end this show? Um, well, I'd like to ask our listeners to ask us their questions so that we can be answering directly what you're interested in mm. hearing more about. Or I loved that episode about, can you teach, Keep, can you dig deeper into that? Or um, So send us your questions. Send us your questions. We could come up with topics till, you know, till forever. <laughs> Tara and I have no shortage of things. No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but we are also happy to meet your direct desires. So please ask us your questions. Very cool. Okay, and my, let's see, my ask for today um is that my niece says yes to babysitting for me tonight so that I can go on a date with my husband. I'm still waiting to hear from her until she gets out of school. <laughs> so it's sort of an ask of the universe like please have her say yes. <laughs> I love it. Because I really need a date. Okay. That that's a wrap. We're done for today. Thank you so much, Amanda. And have a beautiful afternoon. You too.